Learning happens everywhere all the time. Hey there and welcome to the Homeschool Success Podcast. I am your host, Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. My experience as a veteran homeschool mom, former public high school teacher, and mentor to homeschool families everywhere, along with periodic guests, will help you to create the homeschool experience you always wanted and your family deserves. Homeschooling is a leap of faith that can cause doubts, overwhelm, and uncertainty while trying to keep love of learning high and balance life, work, and kids. Each episode is packed with the strategies, tips, activity ideas, and resources you need to ensure your kids get a great education, create close family relationships, become good leaders, and have tons of fun. You'll learn everything from scheduling, curriculum, routines, and homeschooling multiple ages to increasing love of learning and everything in between. This podcast is different from anything else out there by also focusing on the thinking shifts that are the key to homeschooling successfully. Whether you're new to homeschooling or a seasoned veteran, make sure to subscribe so you'll gain the practical strategies and confidence you need to develop a rich love of learning culture and environment that results in passionate, lifelong learners. More than ever before, leaders are needed who have a great education and who use their unique talents and gifts to make this world better. Join me on my mission to raise our next generation of leaders through ensuring your family has a supportive and inspiring homeschool journey. Homeschooling is learning through life. You got this. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homeschool Success with Cami Wanis podcast. And I am so excited because today we are joined by Spencer Aiken. He is so in so amazing, you guys. He says he is a genius actually, but he says he has above average intelligence and I think he's a genius. I come from a long line of physical activity and physical education. My mom is a retired um physical educator. She's been very involved in physical education and teaching other um, physical education teachers to, you know, really improve what they're doing and to really engage students in a way that is something that's going to be lifelong learning for them. And I think Spencer is this exact embodiment of this philosophy. And I absolutely love that because to me as a former public educator and homeschool coach, you guys know I am all about instilling lifelong learning and passionate driven people who are really excited and confident in not only in themselves, but in learning for the future. And so that's what today is all about in terms of physical education. And as an athlete growing up, I was an athlete. I was a swimmer competitively for 10 years. And I also played water polo. I played tennis. I played a little basketball. I did a lot of things. And what really that taught me was that I got so many skills that I would not have gotten anywhere else in terms of mental capacity, something I pass along to my son all the time, and something that I always think about and helps me achieve things in the future. But knowing that also, I had a physical education in terms of outside just physical activity, 
And we're going to talk about the difference of that in just a second because Spencer is all about that and I love it. So we are going to talk about the difference between physical activity and physical education. There are They are two, they're together, but one has a little bit bigger of umbrella, physical education, and so includes more than just physical activity. And we're going to talk a lot about that today because a lot of us as homeschoolers, we're like, yeah, we're doing physical education, we're doing PE. I asked um, a, in our Facebook group, earlier this week, what did people do to homeschool PE? And there were so many answers from hiking to playing in the playground to sports to bounce, you know, bounce trampoline. Maybe I think that was the thing, the trampoline areas, the, the rock climbing, the so many things. One thing that I didn't see though, was the physical education part that is sometimes not involved in sports. Sometimes it is. It depends on what sport it is. But I think that it's so important. Obviously, growing up with a physical educator was huge. But then also knowing that throughout my own educational career as a teacher, physical education has really taken a back seat. Although in the last few years, I feel like we've really kind of, it's kind of coming back a little bit. And it's, it was eliminated completely in California in elementary schools virtually across the board for a long period of time, which is hugely tragic. And then it came back a little bit. And then now it's really, really coming back with, uh, with a vengeance, which I love because it's important that we get used to teaching our kids these kinds of skills when they're young, when their bodies are growing. And Spencer's going to talk so much about that, I know. But they're learning about their bodies and how their bodies are changing. They need to relearn things. Spencer and I talked a whole bunch about that when we were when we were chatting earlier. So just to let you know, I am super excited about this. And it's something that I want you to really think about, including in your homeschool curriculum is not just physical activity, but physical education. And Spencer is the perfect person to teach us this because he is not only a physical education specialist in terms of te teaching teachers and developing curriculum, but he's also been a physical trainer. He's been training trainers. He's been coaching. He's been dealing with kids and working with kids and helping kids with their physical activity individually in person and in uh, virtual things too. He's developed videos. He's got this amazing academy starting. And I'm super excited to let you guys in on this super amazing secret, which is Spencer's Homeschool Physical Education Curriculum, which is going to be coming very, very soon. I'm super excited about that. So I don't know. I guess I just let the secret out of the bag. <laughs> and so the so Spencer, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into physical education and just a little bit about your background in terms of, you know, how you've come to love working with kids and physical education in general. Well, first of all, thank you for that introduction. And I hope I live up to the hype. So. All right. Uh, a little bit of background about myself is. I was very active in sports and physical education style sport play during my youth, okay, which unfortunately led to injuries. I was lucky enough to play college football. Unfortunate that I blew out both my ACLs, which led me down the road of essentially how do you help yourself get healthy, get stronger, and 
be better based on the need of not being in pain. This led to a career along the lines of health and fitness. And I've worked in physical therapy. I've worked in chiropractic care. I've been lucky enough to be a university professor and strength coach at the college level. I've been lucky enough to teach at a vocational school where we taught individuals across the board from 18 to 80. My oldest client student was actually like 72 years old, former retired PE teacher who wanted to go into fitness training as a second job post teacher retirement. So we taught them, here's what you need to understand as far as working with others. <clears throat> There's a direct tie to working with others and then working on yourself and then tying that into what physical education can be, should be, and is. And that's how are we learning the skills that keep us fit and healthy? So about seven years ago, my sister asked me a question and said, hey, we're now moving towards a more physical activity style PE curriculum at her school in San Diego. Can you help me be more intuitive of what fitness-based PE is, which is what they were switching to? She, being a former college athlete herself, was active, but was never the most consistent person in the weight room and or gym. So she knew how to play sports. She knew how to do physical activity, but she didn't know the ins and outs of what fitness fitness assessments would work best for use checking your flexibility checking your balance measuring your strength so we created a curriculum together on this is what would make sense for you know high school kids to do all right this is what they need they need to learn the basics of the movements essentially sort of off topic a little bit, but there's seven basic movements that humans perform, of which a few are. We know the names because the exercises are named after them. Squats, lunges, presses, pulling exercises, pressing exercises. Those are all basic human movements. So we created a curriculum based around that. So fast forward a couple of years, she was loving it. She's, you know, have me conference call in every once in a while to kind of give her some pointers and tips and ask questions. And she said, well, I know on my campus, her campus, not a whole lot of the teachers understand this as well. You should present to our state, apply to, uh, to speak at CAPER, you know, California Association of Health. I always, physical education, recreation, and dance. I think I did that correctly. I but always mix it up too. <laughs> there's always a whole lot of letters. There's a lot in Anyways, there. Yeah. So I got accepted. I did it. I loved it. You know, did it back to back years. Uh, amazing experience. But I sort of at that point realized by looking at the register of what the classes were, there's a lot of gameplay. OK, nothing wrong with that. I, I think games and sports are very, very, very. I'm going to use a whole lot of varies in here are very, very, very important. We need to learn competitive nature. We need to learn winning and losing, you know, sore winner, sore loser. We need to learn cooperative sports. We need to learn to work with others. Okay. We need to learn how to react on the fly and hold it together mentally so that we're positive in the rest of our lives. However, my personal belief is gameplay works out very well when we're learning how to develop skills of our youth. Okay. Throwing, catching, base level, standing, moving, walking, running, start, stop, stop. 
we do a lot of games when we're trying to help younger kids, elementary and middle school, figure out what games they may enjoy because it's partially about getting them to move into playing sports competitively. However, when we get into high school, most kids have already realized what sports they play because they practiced or played or had an opportunity to figure out whether or not they like it or not. So then we make kids play volleyball, of which the ones who already enjoy volleyball are going to be your higher higher echelon level involvements. And the people who are, they're okay, they'll play it, and they're pretty good. And then the people who hate it, I, learned, I did this in elementary school and I didn't enjoy it. Why would I enjoy it now? The ones who really love volleyball are probably already on the volleyball team at school. Okay, good, bad, or indifferent. There has to be ways to get more kids involved in lifelong skill development. Physical education at its root, at its base, is skill development. We need to teach them the skills that they transfer to the rest of their lives. That's what physical education to me is. So the skills of physical literacy, okay, strength, flexibility, balance, stability, movement, body control, those are all skills that we can involve in physical education. So your traditional high school-based, school-based PE is either fitness-based, combination, or gameplay-based. Right. The one who does combination where you get the competitive nature of the sports and a combination of fitness-based where you're learning the movements that translate to regular life, those are the best programs that I've found that deal with the most well-rounded involvement of taking a child and helping them with the skills that they're going to be using for the rest of their lives. If you're a type of person who goes to the gym, just spend one day looking around the gym at how many people don't necessarily feel comfortable, feel confident, and walk around kind of scared, for lack of a better word. They're just not confident in their ability to walk up to something and say, I know how this is done. I know what this is supposed to do. And I know the skills involved how many reps, how much sets, and I'm going to be healthy because of that. So we're missing a huge opportunity of teaching as many kids as possible how to be healthier and more fit throughout the duration of their life. I think the numbers as far as our obesity levels sort of speak to that. We don't do a good enough job teaching proper eating because we scare kids with fad diets who then become adults who are afraid to eat bread because they're going to gain 20 pounds from two slices on, of bread from their sandwich. It doesn't work like that. But we just give them the scare tactic, scare tactics teaching style of don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. Then we involve a lot of the Instagram, social media, bullet points, scare tactics to sell products. We, we can do better. So the fitness industry in and of itself can do better, but they're not necessarily designed to do better. They're designed to make themselves money. That's why we have a supplement industry. It's there to make money. So to end all that one tangent, how did I get into physical education? I got into physical education because I personally is working mostly with adults who had two typical complaints. I'm overweight and I have poor balance. Humans, most people, when they realize that they're pretty strong, when they believe and they have the confidence, they have strength. 
However, I would say across the board, everyone says, I want to lose or I want to change some body part. Everyone has a body part that they're not happy with. Okay, we can do that. And then they always say, I have bad balance. Okay, well, balance leads to injury prevention so that when you're 65 and you sort of misstep and you catch yourself, you don't fall to the floor where you are likely to injure yourself small time or big time by fracturing your hip. So they're already strong for the most part because when you're physically active, you'll have that strength. We can definitely improve that which lasts with you a lifetime. Okay, so teach them young to be strong. They'll keep some of that strength forever. They'll keep increased bone density forever. Might go down a little bit, but you'll always have some there. We teach them more better practices for improving and developing balance. They'll have some of that forever. And then we teach them that or let them have the time to learn, practice and master. So then they have the confidence. I can go do whatever. I can walk into a gym. I can go for a hike. I can go play a sport because I know how to control my body. Those things are key. Those improve overall lifestyle. Those improve overall enjoyment of life. When you're happy in your skin and you're happy with who you are and you have the confidence to do things, you will enjoy life more because you're not afraid to try things because you know you'll at least be have a rudimentary understanding and ability we're scared that we're going to suck we don't like being in front of others when we're not good at something pe has the chance to get you very good to great at many things i love you said so much so much there i feel like we could go on forever about that and what i love a couple of things that i love it reminds me of when i was in college, I took a weightlifting class and I wasn't a huge weightlifter really ever, even though I was an athlete, um, that just wasn't part of our program. And so I took a weightlifting class and I was shocked. Of course it was, it it was so typical and it really made me angry because it was exactly what my mom had always said. She hated about physical educators sometimes, especially at the high school level. And definitely at the college level will be coaches that are not physical educators and they do a lot of just coaching or throwing stuff out there or whatever, yep. doing sport and sport is not, she always says when she teaches at her caper conferences, like, do you see sport anywhere in the standards? <laughs> the word is not there. And so it's really important to teach the skills, like you were saying, of being safe and without injury, knowing how to have confidence to walk into a gym and say, you know, you can do some skills and do some exercises that are not going to hurt you because, you know, everybody gets really ambitious and they try to do more, whatever, look good or whatever, but they're just not doing it correctly. They end up hurting themselves. And I was so angry when I was in this class And all these kids, these college kids were using machines incorrectly and they were going to hurt themselves. And I ended up going around and coaching them because that's just who I am (laughs) going around saying, hey, um, you might want to think about doing it this way because you you're going to hurt yourself if you don't. 
Yeah. And that is exactly what, you know, I can go around in any gym now and you can see all these people in there doing things, you know, that are that are incorrect because or they're skittish about it. Right. They yes. look at a machine and they go, oh, yeah, I don't really know how to use that one. I mean, I don't know what that thing's for. That's quite a contraption. Right. And so and that's something you can really and not to say that everybody has to walk into a gym, but just that you can go somewhere and be like, yeah, I know how to do this safely to where I'm not going to hurt myself is really key. And that's something that I try to teach my son all the time is, you know, I was also a coach, a swim coach and a water polo coach. And, and so I, I know how to break down skills because I'm also a teacher, right. And yeah. to break down yeah. physical skills. And so I, he's a martial artist. I've never been a martial artist. I don't know, you know, I don't know hardly anything about martial arts except what I've learned from his training and he's pretty advanced. And, but I can see the way his teachers and his coaches are training him. And I can say, look, buddy, if you just did this one thing, it would make all the difference. What they're telling you is to do this and have a solid foundation is to, you know, spread your legs just a little bit more and you have the squat now you can really be over your toes now you're yep. you're solid and you're not going to move and so it's really amazing to be able to do that and to 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 have his body awareness because when they're kids they don't have this body awareness they're they don't know where their arms are in space you know where their bodies yeah. are and then when they start to get that they're like whoa i don't they don't even know what they're doing and they don't know what they're doing incorrectly and so to not have that mirror in front of them if you will sometimes i'll even take videos of him be like look this is what you yeah. look like. do you see the problem here <laughs> and so he's like oh yeah that's true <laughs> so completely unaware so yeah video is actually a great analysis tool that gyms there's two different philosophies okay so first of all that's I why they have the mirrors yourself. right <laughs> yeah you should be able to watch yourself however if you're just going into the gym to film yourself to post that for your social media that's a little bit <laughs> Toxic, let's say, but being able to evaluate your technique from looking at that's why mirrors are so popular, but we don't necessarily get the best angles from mirrors and we're not always in front of mirrors, but believe it or not, gyms have, or gyms have mirrors, not necessarily so you can check yourself out flexing, but you or can your actually neighbor. watch yourself, see to evaluate your, your ability because small differences that we don't necessarily recognize which is why it is important to have someone else, either a workout partner, a trainer, or a teacher in a setting of physical education class who can evaluate and say, this small change is going to make the world a difference. You probably have a goal. Most people do have a goal. It might be a wide-ranging goal, but it might be a very specific goal. But we can target towards that goal with just small, minor changes. It could be balance versus strength. If you bring your feet just a little bit closer together on a squat, you're going to be working your balance more. Wider base makes you get a little bit stronger naturally, meaning we have the potential to improve that skill. Most and everything that we truly are trying to do in physical education is skill development. Now, sports have skills, agility drills, catching, throwing, okay? Winning and losing is sort of a skill, okay? Fitness in the weight room or anything involved with PE should be about, for the most part, the standards. It doesn't have to be 100% all standards all the time, but developing the skills that the standards were created for of I should be, I can, and I will be able to do these things very well. 
I'll be able to stand on one leg. I'll be able to look straight ahead and still be able to touch my fingers, right? So I call those skills targeting under the umbrella of kinesthetic awareness and spatial awareness of knowing where my body is in space at all times. Targeting is a huge skill because later in life, I'm going to be walking across the street. I'm going to get distracted by the car and turn my head. I'm going to continue walking. But because my mind has already recognized the distance, I know exactly how many steps I can take while looking this way before I have to step up and raise my foot to get up on the curb. That is a skill practiced over life, that PE, and having regular practiced skill development allows us to get very good at. I may slightly wobble in my balance as I walk because I am distracted, but my balance practice will allow me to lose my balance, regain it quickly without necessarily falling and potentially getting one over by that car, which was running illegally through a red light, let's say. Oh my Those gosh, are all I skills love we want to work on. Yeah, I love that you said that because it's so important to notice the skills that we don't use necessarily all the time in sports. That's an everyday life kind of thing. That's something that, you know, as a really competitive athlete for a long period of my life, uh, even in, through college, I was not really aware of the minuteness of my muscular use until I started doing advanced Pilates in, yeah. in when I started teaching. And then all of a sudden I got like my posture was better. My feet that used to be turned out all the time were straightforward. Like yep. I was really aware of the, the, the way that my body held itself in space and the minor muscles that would allow for balance and, and posture and, and all of those things. And it was really amazing. I talked to my son about that because it, it helps your core when you have those little tiny muscles that you can access, yeah. you know, that as an athlete, I could use the ones that were for that specific move yeah. or technique that I was doing, but not necessarily overall in my life. And so I love that you said that because it's something that physical education is well-rounded in terms of I'm not just doing, you know, I'm, I'm a soccer player and I'm just a soccer yep. player, but, and I love, tell me about what you were talking about. So when we were first talking about the, when we first talked the first time, okay. we were talking about how you were saying the soccer players are usually better with their feet or whatever versus other, you know, depending on what sport they do or what they're normally doing. Tell us a little bit more about that. So we can really see like what kids are okay. normally involved in. So most kids we first we want to de we develop in a manner in which stuff we enjoy so you typically speaking soccer players really enjoy soccer so they become very good at it and they're willing to practice most things are practiced learned and then mastered so soccer players are generally speaking they're going to a couple if you're a soccer player i'm not saying that you're not good with your hands but you're not skilled because if you go to grab something you're going to get a penalty, so you're not necessarily skilled at targeting with your hands. One thing I love, having been a wide receiver in football, that's what I was lucky enough to play in college before the body gave out and I got injured, okay, was if I'm standing at the, let's say, the kitchen sink, 
and something falls off to my peripheral, I love and mentally brag to myself, ha ha, I still got it. If something falls and I catch it without looking, I have that targeting skill because it's been developed over years of practice. I have some soccer skills and footwork because of running routes for football. You get pretty decent with your steps. I could tell you if I were to take off running without looking, I could run to approximately nine and a half to ten and a half yards without knowing exactly because we get good with our footwork. You being a swimmer, if I said, hey, I need you to close your eyes and you're going to swim is it me? I'm not sure if it's meters or yards still in swimming. Usually yards. Sometimes meters okay. depending on the season. So you're going to swim 50 yards and you'll be pretty close to being accurate. Even if you haven't been in a pool in years, you'll still remember that. So those skills that athletes get to practice on a regular basis become ingrained in our brain. We are still good at them years later. I said that most adults that I've been fortunate to work with have said, I have poor balance. Most athletes, standing sport athletes, soccer, football, basketball, baseball, have very good balance because it is sort of everything is reactionary. So we have to get really good at getting into our reactionary balance position. What we call I have great balance ready. in the water. There you go. So okay, <laughs> if we were having a dunking contest, play fight in the water, you'd probably whoop my butt because you have that practice experience, okay? Right. And that's why I take you into the three-foot water and I stand up and I say, ha-ha, now yeah. what? All right, so those are all skills that PE was initially designed to teach you the skill of sport because we said, well, if you get good at these skills, you're going to be good at A, most likely the sport, but you're going to start to get some skill development that does transfer. Now, where that misses out is we don't necessarily spend enough time in PE, budget cuts, class restrictions. They simply cut all of PE at some schools and some districts and some states. So what are we doing for that now? Okay, we have a bunch of adults who never got to practice those skills because they weren't necessarily athletic in high school and didn't play sports. Nothing wrong with that. Everyone's an amazing person in their own right. What can we do to help people learn the skills of physical literacy, which sport was intended to do, or we used PE and sport with that intention, but we're missing out on learning and or getting the chance to practice so that we never get a chance to master. PE, for all its amazingness, a lot of it is, A, there's a huge population of people. We're trying to teach them 12 different things in a limited time span, so we're not getting enough time to practice the skill to get to the point of mastery. If you know the three skills, the three stages of skill development are, are cognitive, associative, and autonomous, where we, we sort of focus. Everyone's familiar with if you're driving somewhere and you have to look for an address, you turn your radio down and then you, okay, or you yeah. right. bite your tongue when you're threading a needle because we need to focus that state of right. super focus. That's our learning stage. Then we practice it where we get autonomous. We kind of start to figure things out. And then eventually we get automatic to where we're driving, you know, shushing our kids in the back, changing the radio, looking at the phone. Eating a burrito. To, yeah, eating a burrito. <laughs> so we get good at stuff 
when we learn, practice, and get a chance to master. PE needs that chance to master. Homeschooling PE, we have the ability with those parents and those kids to say, pick a skill. You're now going to work with your kids, okay? Some kids, some homeschooling parents, you know, they do tutoring service. Some run small schools. Some do online schools. But now with that smaller focused attention, we can say, hey, we're going to really hammer home this skill so that if we learn it, practice it, master it, guess what? That skill is ingrained and you're going to have it forever. You may not be a number one forever if you don't. Like if I learn it at 15, I'll have it good for the rest of my life. I may not be an expert at 90, but I'll still have some of it ingrained. Our job as educators is to educate them how to develop skills that translate for the rest of their lives. So we get good at targeting. We get good at understanding base level strength so that we can control our body, and not get injured. Our job as educators is to present the opportunity to master as many skills as possible because we presented them in a way that allows them to learn it, then practice it, and then master it. You know, so I really love what you're saying about the you know, just being able to have an introduction to a lot of different things and then practice it throughout. And homeschooling is really the way where we can say, okay, we're going to just give an introduction to the breadth of this. And then we're going to practice them throughout in a way where we don't get that in regular school. Because like my mom's, she's working with like 30 minute periods or something like that. Yeah class full of kids so in 30 i'm like 30 minutes what the heck you can do in 30 minutes like, so and there might even be a, a time to change your clothes so hey 10 minutes to change 10 minutes to change back to get to your next class you got to get here take attendance teach the skill and right. you got to be all done in that in 40 minutes total it's yeah like, and so i love getting how that opportunity. we can really do that we can focus and we can really change it up for our kids and you need yeah. and and individualize it for our unique kids which is really what we're all about right because everybody's kid yeah. is different everybody's family's different we have different interests whatever and so as we're kind of getting to the end here i want to really make things practical i want to just give everybody a way like what skills do we need to be teaching our kids specifically? And how do we do that? Uh, the most important skill that I would say is movement control. Okay. Everything that you do involved getting out of bed, walking to your car, getting to your office when you have a job in the future, kids, driving, getting your car, I already said getting in your car, involves movement. The better we are at controlling our movements, and sequencing from start to second to third to finish, the better off we are as far as being in control of our body. The act of physical literacy is being good at ourselves. Okay. So movement control is the umbrella that balance, stability, and strength fall into. If we prevent falling to the ground because our balance is good enough to catch ourselves, but the strength of those muscles to prevent falling because the muscle has to catch eventually in order for us to stay upright. If we can prevent injuries, we're good to go. If we can be strong in everyday life, I don't know too many people who, who want to take groceries into the, into the house in three or four trips. Most people brag about doing it in one trip. 
That's foundational. A, grip strength, very important in most things. But the ability to carry all your stuff, all your supplies and everything that you need to do. Activities of life that people do, gardening. You know, moving around mulch is not very easy. Those bags are 50 pounds and can be very hard to move. Okay. My mom, God rest her soul, would say, hey, can you move this for me? Okay. My girlfriend's grandmother, who's the same age, is an amazingly strong person and will do it herself because she's developed those skills. Now, the longer we can maintain that strength, the longer we can maintain that balance, the better we get with those things early in life. We maintain them as long as we want to keep doing them. So everything falls under movement control. That umbrella encompasses everything that physical literacy really entails. So we want to focus on our balance. We structure our PE classes with a little bit of movement warm-up. Dynamic warm-up is the technical term. So that we learn how to control our muscle contraction and our joints. Focusing on balance next so that we get the brain to understand where those body parts are without having to look at it. Most people don't look at their feet when they walk. Okay, assuming. Biggest it's a good way to fall down. People. Yep, exactly. So learning how to control your movement through the proper balancing sequences is important. So we generally start most of our sessions second with balance because it's a skill that translates to life. We then do more movement-focused body control through more strength, body weight training, full range of motion, what we call mobility stacks, which are essentially flows through different sequencing patterns. And then finally, once you've warmed up, once you develop it a little bit of balance, once you develop those targeting skills of body control and spatial and kinesthetic awareness, you then get into strength because until you get to learn how to control your body, being able to be strong is never really truly going to happen. We talked about doing squats earlier. If you're positioning and your awareness for doing squats, you're building a poor foundation for that rest of that structure. That structure is eventually going to break down if the foundation is not strong. Movement control establishes that foundation forever. I love that. And in my mom always taught me, you know, to say to the kids and you know to my to my son as well I so I wouldn't allow him to use weights ever until he was like I don't know literally just a couple years ago and he's 14 because yeah. I wanted him to make sure that he had the move I said do it correctly and use your body weight yeah. for now and once you learn how to do it correctly then you can start adding on and building strength and things. So, and so he's on, on that note, guy. <laughs> we do have one rule. If you can't do 10 solid push-ups, why are we doing bench press? Because you don't have the shoulder strength, the shoulder control, and the body control, and the strength needed to be safe. So why are you, the alphabet goes in order, right? A, B, C, there's even a song associated with it. Too many people want to start at A, go to B, and then jump to H. Right. Well, you missed out on all these letters. So let's build that foundation based off of smart programming. Now, where most homeschooling parents miss out on is they don't necessarily know the proper steps. They weren't learning it in school. They were doing gameplay when they were in school. Right. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with free play physical activity. It's amazing. However, for the most part, Physical activity is recess. I am a 1,000% believer that kids need to be able to be creative, 
create their own games and just let their own mind wander so that they're a they're getting social interactions in a reactionary way to where you're creating free conversation not planned or structured conversation but physical education is not just physical activity physical education is learning the skills that apply to your physical activity but a lot of parents think oh well if we just have some recess right we're gonna be physically educated that's not necessarily how it works recess is great and should be included Remember, the human brain can only focus so long. So have some recess, have some physical activity. But remember, physical education where you're learning the skills of life and practicing them is very important for everyone to do. Yeah, my mom says she describes physical education as the learning to ride a bike. And the yep. physical activity is going out and riding your bike. <laughs> and so there's a big difference between the two. And I love how you say physical literacy because it is another language. It's something that to that we need to really intentionally treat as an education and treat as yep. part of our curriculum. And it's really about body awareness. And so we're not just educating and, and working that brain muscle, but we're also working our body in terms of working together with the brain, right? And oh my Absolutely. gosh, we could talk forever about that. I know you could because we have before. Right. But, but I want to, before we go, share how you are serving homeschool communities and how they can connect with you and in, in their family. Because I know that you do in-person uh, classes and I know that you are working on getting homeschool curriculum together as far as yep. in-person and video. So tell me about Stronger Together Education Academy and how we can access that or when can we start right. to see that happening? Easiest way to get a hold of us is through our website, homeschoolingpe.com. We are three ways that we love to help people we love helping parents understand the skills that they create for their kids so we do parent curriculum where we teach the parents the skills for that our online platform for that is actually education.strongertogethereducation.com where you can learn there's essentially 10 skills that every pe kid should learn we have a course for that that's on that platform which is tied into our homeschoolingpe.com platform. Parents need to understand what they're working with their kids and how they need to work with their kids. So we have parent education. We also have in-person fitness training where we have kids come to our studio and we work with you. We do 10 to 15 minutes of learning lessons. So we will teach you physical education skill set, the knowledge of creating your own fitness program, creating your own movement patterns, creating the own skill set of how in 20 years I can create my own program based off of the fact that let's say, unfortunately, I hurt my hip yesterday doing something. I know that if I do this, I stretch it in this manner, it can get better. So we teach the skills that apply directly to people's lives. Now, on top of that, we then do 45 minutes or 50 minutes of actual physical activity because remember, everyone learns different. You know, some people are active, some people are, are, are read, some people are auditory, some people are verbal, some people are, you know, watchers, whatever. So we do learning by showing, we do learning by actively involving the kids so that they get the skill, they learn the skill, hear the skill, see the skill, read the skill, and then get to actively participate in practice. So teaching the parents, 
letting the kids learn it. And then we also have an online program where we actually write the curriculum for you to use for your kids and say, here's what we do, you know, through PowerPoints and lessons, we have uh, lessons for the kids to actually learn. Here's what we need to be doing. So we try and encompass everything that a, a parent or a homeschooling tutor might encounter with their kids. Of, I'm not sure how to do this. I can have my kids do this. And, oh, well, this is easy to implement for my kids to be from going from A to Z in the correct order and not necessarily jumping around. So is that online curriculum, is that all ready to go already or is it still- That online curriculum is ready to go, yes. Oh, yay. That's exciting. And and just so everybody knows, where are you based with your in-person stuff so they can tie into you there if they're close? I am based in Yuma, Arizona, just a small town right on the border of California, Arizona, and Mexico. Perfect. I love that. And so definitely you guys go to homeschoolingpe.com and check out all the resources there. You guys, there are so many resources. If you follow him on Instagram as well, there are so many videos and, you know, just as far as strength and just skill building, it's pretty amazing. I'm super impressed. And I am so excited because this is something that is a gap that's missing in homeschool curriculum in the marketplace. That is something I keep telling my mom. I'm like, you don't even understand. Like we need homeschooling curriculum for PE because everybody says, well, what do you guys do for PE? What do you do for PE? I don't know what to do for PE. And they really want a lot of people just want some direction in that area. Cause like you said, most of the time they don't have it themselves. So it's really, really exciting to be able to have something to send people to and to get their kids started on the actual physical literacy of part of education. So this has been so fun, Spencer. I know you and I can talk forever and I really am super grateful for sharing with our community and I'm super excited to get in touch with, get families in touch with your homeschool curriculum. And if you guys have questions about that, just definitely go to uh, homeschooling PE, or, you know, you can message him on Instagram, stronger together education. And I think, is it stronger together education or just stronger together, together? education is the Instagram. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So, and then Facebook is stronger together education Academy. That's our group. That's our, our private group where we do, we post mostly on Facebook because that's the easiest for reaching the largest audience for people who want to be able to ask questions and comments. So We do have daily tips on our Facebook page at Stronger Together Education. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll go ahead and drop those links in the live um, as after we're done here as well. So you guys can hear that in our Facebook group and they will also be available in the show notes of this podcast. So I am super excited. Thank you again, Spencer. If you you have one last tip you'd like to give everybody one last something, what would that be? Yes, it is this. We get one body. Make the best of it. Woo! That's it. You can't say that any better, for sure. I hear you. I love it. I love it. All right, Spencer, it was great talking with you. And I know that we will connect again and work together in the future because I am super excited about offering this to everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. If you're loving this information and want to connect with Cami Live, join our Facebook group, the Freedom Scholar Homeschooling Community. Every Thursday in Live with Cami, you can get more great homeschool tips, how to
how-tos and resources and get your questions answered. And subscribe to our newsletter to get your free ebook, Creating Educational Harmony in Your Home. See show notes for the links. Hope to see you live. This is an informational podcast. The information presented in each episode is the most recent and honest to the best of the presenter's ability. Results are not guaranteed. This podcast aims to educate and there are no guarantees of results implied. Listeners are encouraged to seek out and meet their local homeschool requirements. Any products, websites, and company names mentioned in this podcast are their respective owner's trademarks or copyright properties. The presenter is not associated or affiliated with them in any way unless otherwise stated. Nor does the referred product, website, or company necessarily sponsor, endorse, or approve this podcast. We hope you enjoy and find value in each episode. This content is copyrighted and not authorized for reproduction.